0: Hi there, guys, and welcome to a special episode of the SDR Disco Call podcast. Today's guest is another SDR trainer by the name of Will Koning and founder of sasleads.io. In today's session, we're going to be learning about how Will had to go back to being an SDR to launch his own SaaS company, the top traits and skill sets to be a successful SDR, and why we both feel the SDR recruitment process is broken. So, how does the SDR Disco Called podcast work? Well, it's actually a discovery call, hence the name, and every Tuesday at 8am, we're gonna have a brand new SDR for 30 minutes, and an agenda of introductions, their SDR story, and three key takeaways that they've learned to share with other SDRs. So with that in mind, let's begin. So guys, I want to introduce a special guest today. This is Will Koning. Uh Me and Will have had some previous history when we worked on a training project. I think it was back in 2018. But as always, rather than me blabbing on about who this person is, I'd love to hear it straight from the person's mouth. So Will, welcome to the SDR Disco Call podcast. How are you doing today, sir? Yeah, really well. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me. No problems. So for the listeners out there that can't see you, could you please give us a little bit about of who you are currently, what you're doing and kind of like, kind of why why do you love SDRs, Will?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, my name's Will. I'm the founder of Um We're a sales development agency uh, slash academy. Uh, we have two, two key missions. Number one is to be the best sales development company for, for outsourcing lead generation in the UK, Europe, and then one day the world. Um, and then number two, number two, which is a little bit more close to my heart, I want to be known as the company to work for to launch your, your SDR career um so a little bit of just about me but behind the scenes so I've been in tech sales for sort of 12, 12 years I think now um started off back in the day taking complaints for Eurostar I was a uni dropout um you know I had to work my way up through the ranks from there um spoke a few languages which is my saving grace um and then other than that I just just always been a people person which is probably how I ended up um being in sales I guess yeah <laughs> it's a funny way that we all fall into it, dude.
0: And um, <laughs> so, for the listeners, so just like a bit of a history lesson. So, when I first started out as a, a SaaS sales trainer, uh, Will was working at a company called Acru. I believe at the time, back in 2018, we yeah. first crossed paths. And funny enough, Will, you was uh, well, you and your, your your fellow colleagues was my first ever class that I did. Uh, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, I was absolutely uh, sweating buckets back then, but I'm really happy to see. (laughs) (laughs) And I've seen like over the years, like through LinkedIn, we've caught up quite a few times that you've really progressed in your career in sales and you've kind of come into the same, well, you are in the same field as me. Um and we obviously spoke through lockdown, giving each other tips, like helping each other, giving pep talks and all that to keep morales up. And I'm so proud to see kind of where you've got to and really honored to have you as a guest. Um, but like obviously, the one thing that I always realize is that we both have that passion for SDRs. Um, and before we dive into kind of like what you're currently doing, it'd be really interesting for the listeners to know kind of like, before sales what was life like like what was you doing like you mentioned eurostar you mentioned like dropping out i've been there as well <laughs> kind of what what was that journey all about mate
1: yeah, I think so. So classic um sort of eighteen, I applied for a, a degree in French and International Relations. Luckily I spoke a bit of French because I used to live in Belgium and stuff. But I chose I chose that because I didn't want to just be a like be a teacher basically where you just do a language, which is what my parents, my mum did. And then um but international relations sounded cool, didn't really like that, dropped out of uni and that was in the 2008 recession, actually. So a really good time to get a job, which I'm sure a lot mm-hmm. of SDRs or want-to-be-SDRs are facing right now, if not worse. Yeah. Um, but but managing to get that job in, in in customer customer success, basically, or customer relations, just kind of taught me, like, I have the ability to do 100 phone calls a day. <laughs> and I did that for no commission, right? Yeah. Uh, but that that's when I started to realize that actually I've got a, uh, a gift of the gab, so to speak. Um, I've got all that energy that... that, that Actually I now look back and say, hey, that's I want to get into the B2B side of things. And I love technology. So that's the other thing as well. I was always the technology person working in there. Um and then I, I think classic didn't really have a have a direction because of all that and just trying to make my way in, in the world. And um And I guess I started. I got a job at trainline.com. That's when I was like more account management. I thought that's what sales was back in the day, right? (laughs) um, Realized pretty quick that actually um, I was not uh, an account manager. It was a bit too slow paced for me. Um, Started doing new business for trainline, um, which I'm sure they didn't expect me to do, but they quite liked. But then it's when I got to Zipcar for business was when I first got into sales. Um, Did really well there. That was very transactional basically my sales got started my real sales like love got started at perk box and i was one of the first perk sales hires at perk box and the first week of sales after like one week of training i did eight thousand pounds worth of business you know you're Ooh. getting 10 percent on that you know being known as like this kind of like almost heroic efforts right but um that that's where I kind of got known as like the one-call-closed specialist. So I wasn't afraid. Of, <laughs> you know, I wasn't afraid. I even had it on a mug, know honestly. It was not good for your ego, I can tell yeah. you that much. Um, but, you know, we 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 grew that team. We were doing, you know, um, I remember a year later, we were doing like 600Ks worth of business in a, in a month, which is un- unbelievable, nice. unbelievable growth. Um, pretty hectic, not going to lie and then for sort of more sort of family reasons i ended up i ended up leaving partbox um just a little bit too hectic and ended up working at a crew which is where i met you yeah. and um, I, was, I was i was there as a senior account executive and um, but i didn't really have any prospecting skills because this is the thing when marketing give you all these wonderful leads that you can call and close and that's it you think you're shit hot at sales but actually if you can't prospect you're not very good and and that that's mm. becoming ever so much clearer now anyway and so i really had to learn like almost as a senior E to learn to be an SDR almost straight away. And that's where I ended up going to this event. And this event is probably where this journey for me really started. It's such an important day for me when I think back at it, where it was put on by the founder of insidesales.com, a guy called Ken Krogh. He was like kind of this acting chairman, like ambassador for the business. And he put on this like full day's worth of masterclassing on how to set up uh, an inside sales or an outbound sales function. And Mm. where he he introduced to me the concept of the art of sales combined with the science, right? Now, Mm. that's where you kind of use things like, you know, the data points to kind of improve your outreach. So number of touches, open rates, reply rates, successes, all of that kind of stuff, which almost seems a bit like, oh, that's pretty standard stuff right now. But for (laughs) me at the time, it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I think from that point, I was hooked and... I started trying to do sort of creating more cadence like stuff over at a crew, but they definitely wanted me focusing on closing deals for for, mm. for revenue based reasons. I can completely <laughs> understand why. But when I left when I left the crew, um, a crew got sold basically, and um, and I was like, right, what am I going to do now? I didn't fancy doing another big company. I didn't fancy doing another big company. But what I did. I always wanted, I always knew that I'd go and start my own business up. And and mm. um, and I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm not a tech guy, I can't code, I can't want to build a product. So I'm Having worked in the SaaS, I'm very aware of how challenging that is. And I was like, right, well, I'd never, I remember thinking, I remember at the same time some guy pitching me for like outsourced sales. And no offense to a lot of outsourced sales guys out there, but at the time I was like, I'll never use an outsourced sales company. <laughs> 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 and that's when it was like, bing, what if I did it? Right. Yeah. And and then fast forward to sort of end of twenty eighteen, which is pretty much after I I pretty much left the crew after I, I I met you, Neil, actually wasn't too yeah. far off that um I had I had my son, my first clients in, in in the US, um, doing lead generation for them in the UK um and Europe. That was really successful. It was just me, that's when I really was a true SDR because I was just doing it for one client. I really mm-hmm. learned the skills of it again. And and then from there and um, we were doing really well until Corona hit, and then we had to completely <laughs> repivot the model. But in that time of repivoting the, the model, um, Neil, what I ended up basically losing all but one of my clients, which was a company called Mintigo, a new sort of um, HR wellbeing solution. Yeah, and I came on as their head of sales just to think things ticking over. Anyone that's followed me recently would have seen me posting a lot about that, yeah. and. Um, I realized, I was like, well, I'm sure as heck not going to do this all on my own. (laughs) What do I got? I had one AE. um, I didn't have any other budget. I was like, right, I'm going to need some SDRs to help me with this, but I'm going to have to get some interns. So I got some interns on, and I'm not a big fan of free labor, frankly. Mm -hmm. But So I said, look, all things considered, tell you what I'll do. I'll get some interns on, but I'm going to teach them everything I know about sales development and give them the best tools to do so. So I built out this sales training academy. Um and it turned out to be really successful. And my my little protege who I'm I absolutely adore, is a guy called Azana. And in his second month of SDRing with no experience, he got ninety-nine cold replies, it replies from cold emails. Whoa. Ninety-nine. Less than eight weeks selling. And they were like turned into like 15, 16, like qualified opportunities. You tell me an SDR it. with two years experience that can do that. Yeah. So for me, it was like, right, there's something serious to this. Um, I'm going to do something about it. And that's what SaaS Leeds does now. So our mission, like I said, two things. One, to be the best SDR outsourced agency in the UK and and in the world. And then the second thing is to be the best company to learn to be an SDR for. Um, I want to get as many people that can't get jobs in the SDR right now to get jobs in, in, in the SaaS tech industry because I know there's a lot of amazing talent out there. So that's me. Yeah, (laughs) love it. Love it. And
0: that's, again, one of the the main reasons that uh, I wanted to get you on onto the show, because obviously you've got a wealth of experience. You've been through the trenches. You've kind of had to do SDRing, like you say, for your own business. But the fact that you want to help people get into this industry, get into this role, give them support as well. That's something that sings from my heart. So Mm -hmm. again, uh, within the show notes of today's podcast, there'll be links to reach out to Will, to his business, kind of what he's doing. I want to help him out, admittedly as well, but I think he can help a lot of listeners out there that are either contemplating the SDR role or kind of wanting to know what is it like before we get into that. Yeah. And I think, Will, you you definitely give a great foundation. And I think listening to your story, uh, there were some interesting points I wanted to pick up on. So, sure. Uh, as mentioned, you kind of moved from Perkbox into a crew, and you were given that role as, you know, like as an account executive. You're there to close business, and you mentioned you had to actually, well, learn how to prospect because you didn't have those skills at that time. Uh, and then, obviously, going out to that conference and meeting that guy, and you know, learning all these sort of things. For a lot of times when I've gone into like train SDRs, I've also come across account executives that are kind of in the same boat. And uh, I do it in a kind of roundabout way where I train the SDR to then coach the AE yeah. on kind of how they should be doing the SDRing. And the only reason I do that is to build a relationship between AE and SDR. Um, but for any AEs that might be listening into this or any SDRs, like kind of what tips would you give to that AE that doesn't really have that sort of process experience? What, where could they start?
1: It's following all the right people. And I think it's key to follow the right people on 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 LinkedIn, um, to be honest, I, I would, I would certainly tell you to pick a few people to follow, not a hundred people to follow. Um, people like John Barrows, for example, you know, you're pretty mm. much going to have a standard level of consistency and, and his messaging is always consistent throughout. So that would be my first tip is, is, is number one. Um, yeah, do own your education, right? Like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on you and for anyone in sales, frankly, it's on you to own your education. Um, the second thing is work. For, learn from your SDR, right? I mean, God, of this guy is like these, I, I'm, I'm certainly in the business of sales enablement. I now have SDRs in my business that are better than me, straight up. Why? Because they are doing it 10, 15 hours a day whilst I'm doing other things, managing my business, yada, 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 yada all the non-important stuff. These guys are doing this right now and they're teaching me right now how to sell. And and yeah. The other thing I would say is avoid sales books. And, and the reason why I say this is they were written five, ten years ago. Okay, there's some classics out there. Definitely, I'm not saying propal them off, but if you want to know strategies for right now, find out what's working now. And and given the fact that we're in a down market, um, you, you've got to find out what's working now, not what worked six months ago even. Uh, and that's key to making sure that you survive. Um, third point, um, I think we should allude to it, is, is work as a team, right? Lean on your team members that are doing this, your product team, making sure you stay up front, making sure you understand your industry pains. Obviously, you should be doing that anyway, but they're the things mm. that come to mind. Fully agree with you, dude. And I think
0: um, I agree with the sales book bit a little bit as well, because I think it was a few years ago when I launched Happy Selling. John Barrows was a huge inspiration to me. Like he was my first ever proper sales trainer. And I remember being out in the US at Zora and this bald guy walks in with a goatee and he's like, you know, being quite brash and he's like outspoken, swearing and cursing. I was like, whoa, is he allowed yeah, to do that? Love him. <laughs> and I remember one day, like um watching a YouTube video of his in my front living room, like just before I launched Happy Selling. And he was just like saying, like, look. There are loads of sales books out there, but to that point, a lot of them are kind of out of date. And kind of what reps are doing in the field—that's what's really interesting for him and like people like ourselves. And we definitely learn from our students. I always say the mantra of: uh, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I'm in the wrong frigging room. You know, I learn from my students, I learn from my customers, and then I pass that knowledge on. And uh, a lot of times, when I meet students or new SDRs for the first time, they're like, "Well, Neil, you've been in sales for ten years. You're a bit old school. Come on." And I'm like, well, actually, what keeps me young is the SDRs of today, what they're doing. I'm constantly loving LinkedIn posts from new SDRs and like their strategies and the questions that they're asking. Okay. Um, but going back to John Barrow's point, he's like, I want to make sales for the streets. I don't want someone to have to read a whole 150-page book to learn all the secrets of success. I kind of want to get this news and information on the streets and keep it there because that's kind of where we all are at. Um, So, again, there are some good sales books out there. I liked Insight Selling. That was one book that really helped me tell customer stories. The Challenger sale was cool, but when the Challenger customer came out, it completely... Well, challenged what the first book said a little bit in my in my opinion. Yeah,
1: and also the guys that wrote it, from what I understand, I, I could be wrong. Is they they're not actually sales guys themselves, hmm. you know? And I think that's really interesting insight. It's done from a ton of research perspective, which again I like the principle of teach, tailor, take control. Don't get me wrong; it makes sense. But the fact of the matter is, it's it's so structured, and we know what happens with a good structure. The moment it goes into battle or whatever, I think I'm mixing my analogies here, but it doesn't necessarily work, right? Yeah. And by speaking to the guys right now, like we did a podcast, um, like a, a SaaS webinar with um Aaron Baker. So he's the guy right now that's made 400 calls, made a name for himself from Clean AI and Greg. Like yeah. I got him on to be like, how are you doing this right yeah. now? Because you are you are doing this right now. Uh, and and that's how I'm able to, by sharing that knowledge and taking that knowledge, who are a wonderful industry, we're all happy to share. They're now sharing that with my guys on how to share, sell, right now. Not less today, Hello. today.
0: <laughs> and you, you raise a good point there. So like people that are currently doing it right now, like you're bringing them into your webinars to share that knowledge and experience, that can help others out there. And I was in a class a few weeks ago with some SDRs where we were coming onto the topic of their competitors and in one of the sessions, they're like, "Well, they work for X competitor. We need to beat them. We need to crush them. We need to do that." And I kind of took a stance back and said, "You know what? They're in exactly the same boat as you. They're trying to do the same thing. Yes, it's under a different brand and name, but they're fighting for the same cause." So I actually said to them, like, "If you ever connect with them on LinkedIn, obviously you don't share all your trade secrets, but there's nothing. No harm in like connecting with them." But from your point of view, like, uh, what what are your thoughts on like? SDRs from other companies, in essence, could be competitors actually connecting and helping each other out. What do you feel about that?
1: I, I look, at the same time, like just exactly to reiterate your point, they're, they're, in, the, they're in exactly the same boat that, that you're in. And, and actually, you're all going up in SaaS sales, you're all going up against the same competitor, which is frankly doing nothing, right? Hmm. And then most people will decide that they need to, unless you're selling something like Zoom where you absolutely need it, right? Because of what's going on around <laughs> us, the chances are you're a lot of the time you're competing against the cost of the choice the choice of doing nothing, right? A lot a decision to make a decision is to not make a decision is a decision, right? Sandler rules, right? And that, that, that rings true. And so if they're Maybe yeah. Don't obviously trade trade secrets etc. But maybe have discussions around. Well, how are we going to help advance this particular industry? So like you know, the, whether it's like the well-being industry, the the AI industry, I don't, whatever it is, what can you do to collaborate to help educate the market? Which as your SDR is a role, right? <clears throat> to educate, what are you doing to raise educate to raise awareness and educate the market that actually businesses do need to invest in? I don't. know, whatever it is, remote technology, HR tech, I, I, whatever. Yeah, <laughs>
0: whatever solution is helping the, the, the right. customers, right? Yeah,
1: and, and that is something you can most certainly collaborate on. And yeah, because again, at the end of the day, your biggest competitor still is still doing nothing.
0: Yeah, no, I heartily agree, man. And <clears throat> I think another bit like with your story that I'd love to, for the listeners out there, so obviously we have SDRs that are either in the role or they're currently about to go into that role you mentioned that you know setting up your own business you had to go back into SDR mode yeah. you had to kind of do it for yourself to build up your own leads build up your own company yeah. what what learning curves did you, did that did well took place like being have to being an SDR yourself
1: time management uh, it's, it's it's the same thing for our, every good SDR in the world is like time management my best SDRs are better at time management than anything else time management is unbelievably crucial. It's boring and it's crucial. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if I'm a brand new SDR
0: and this is the first time I've heard the word time management, what would, how would you explain what time management to them is and why it's important?
1: So in, especially when we're in a very tough down market right now, um, that means you have to put on in an incredible amount of effort to get the results you need. And even in a good time, you still need to put in a, a certain amount of effort to get a certain amount of results back. Right, and the data that you will one day see will prove that. So, and they will be broken down in reality into what four tasks when we when we when we cut cut through it: cooling, emailing, social touches, and then the research and prospecting. So, I've done that backwards: research and prospecting first, (laughs) right? But but they are primarily the four things that you do as an SDR. And I know there's lots of things we can add to that, but you need, you must carve out time for that. And I, I wouldn't advise if you're saying, oh, I'm going to do 100 calls today or 200 calls today," I think initially to begin with, I would say I'm going to carve out doing two hours of calling a day, every day at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to carve out doing two hours of emails every day at the same time. Now that might not always be practical <laughs> yeah. for time zone reasons or whatever, but by structuring your day militantly, right and understanding how much effort it takes for you what can you do and focusing on those one task in that one period of time that's where you're going to be able to get the most accurate set of baseline metrics in order for you to understand what you really need to do to attain your objectives in for your quarter you you said it beautifully my dude and i think it's a
0: case of consistency is key and as you mentioned, it may not be practical or you're not being able to get those things done in that certain day. And I think it's always good to have a good like template to your calendar. So this is what your intention is to try and get done in that week. And I think what I've seen really work well is where SDRs speak to other SDRs that have been in that company for a little lot longer and said, look, this is how I'm looking to run my calendar. What do you think? And then that other SDR or AE can kind of say, that's realistic. Oh, I didn't even think of that. But I think what's really good is... Um, I did this with a current student of mine, Amber, she she kind of did her template for the week and I said, you know what, run with it for four weeks. The, I think the only thing that you're missing is maybe having a reflection block mm-hmm. at the end of each day or at the end of each week to see, okay, what got done, what didn't get done and why and what needs to change. And then I yeah. think you can create that nice rhythm for yourself.
1: That's a really good point about being reflective. In fact, um, I just did a webinar with a good friend of mine Chris for, for my team today and and he talks about stoicism and and that is a lot of like about building resilience and and he said a really practical tip is in to build resilience and 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 those things that we need to have is by being reflective and every morning what he said he does he takes three objectives and he asks himself are these three objectives going to help me make my boat go faster that's the first thing. Then the mm. second thing that he does at the well, not the second thing at the end of that day. What he does, is he carves out that time, and he doesn't do it. if He doesn't show off about it. You know, he doesn't tell anyone about it. Doesn't even tell his partner about it. He said he might tell his dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in yeah. in that period of that he every day he carves out that reflective time to be stoic. Did those objectives actually help him make his boat go faster? Yes or no. If yes, great, mm. I'm going to do that again. If no, I'm going to change my objectives for the next day. And he says, if you do that religiously, not only will you be get better, at um, achieving your actual you know, measurable quantitative objectives, you start to sort of build on those qualitative attributes that is required of an SDR. So being resilient, mm. right? <laughs> Having that, that, that mindset to keep going. And again, especially because we are in the toughest sales climate right now, you have to be resilient. You have to be that. You have to be saying, right, if I know I'm going to book five meetings by doing 100 calls, I mean, I'd love to be that SER to be honest, right now, <laughs> but I need to book 15, then I'm going to have to make 300 calls a day, right? But to do that, I have to have that resilience. I have to have that, 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 that stoicism, which then leads to your point, I have to be reflective every day. Agreed. I think it's just like with any sort of
0: uh, artist or craftsman, like you've got to look at your work and take a step back from it to look at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love those points. And definitely, guys, that's going in the show notes. So make sure you've got that. That's quoted from Will. I love it. And I've taken um, it from
1: someone else, guys. We're all saying
0: the same things. <laughs> like you said, <laughs> yeah. you're a curator, curator
1: of great what education and content. No books. need. I love it. There's amazing content out there from amazing people that are better than me and i probably would probably say something about himself right you know like it's amazing people out there follow those that are doing it right now definitely and i think that's probably um
0: i think it's one of the questions i get a lot from good students is like they always ask me what should i listen to and i said you know what there's a lot of stuff that i could listen to or you know read upon but i think the people that are currently in your company they're going to be the best people too so I think when I was working at Intro, was in the the HR space, similar to yourself, like with Mintago, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd always say to the SCR, speak to customer success because they're like the thought leaders in the HR space, and they'd always talk about like John Burson, they'd talk about industry leaders, these are the LinkedIn groups that they're following, Mm -hmm. because again, it's great to be knowledgeable in your product, but really know your industry, know kind of like why people care about these subjects and to the personas
1: yeah exactly it, that and and because especially as an sdr you can get caught you can get caught on what they call the curse of knowledge right because if you end up having <laughs> this conversation about how your product works and all the million features that you've got you've suddenly given your your person that that your prospect all the information that they think they have and you haven't done your job which is qualify them and book a, a discovery call with your account executive so you should actually prioritize your industry challenges and pains that your prospects are facing way over your product knowledge, and I think that's where a lot of SDR le- um, sort of leaders and, and sales leaders go wrong. And say, like, "Oh, cool, here's our product feature training." Go f- short it out. That's that is actually so backwards. <laughs> yeah, learn about how to sell first of all, the why of selling. Then go learn about your industry pains and challenges that 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 your uh, your prospects face. And then go and apply that to how, you know, whoever you're working for actually goes about solving them, and almost play the play dumb when you don't know how it works because that's how you use it. Oh, that's interesting. Why do you want to know that? And then it's like, yeah. oh, go book a meeting with the AE to go and get that question answered. <laughs> I love it, and as as you've said that out loud, it's
0: just made me think. That's in essence, kind of what like your prospects going through. So. They go through that pain and they figure out why are we having this issue? Why are we having this problem? And then they go researching the industry or their peers, like who else is going through this problem? Like how are you guys solving it? And then they come to a solution at the end of it. Ah, okay, this is something that can fix that problem. But to your point as an SDR, stay hungry. In essence, like you said, kind of play dumb. Just like, oh, well, why, why do you need that to work for you? And what would be the impact of that helping you guys out? Exactly. I think that's a great way to learn well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, in terms of like you you were mentioning there as kind of like one of the traits for great SDRs is resilience. Um, obviously, we're in the world where we're having recruitment agencies and companies trying to help SDRs and place them in. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you're in the in the business of trying to get SDRs into jobs. What would yeah. you say are like really good traits and kind of why are these traits important for yeah. future SDRs?
1: So <clears throat> in the academy, we actually have one of the uh, one of the sort of the subjects is what are the attitudes and behaviours of an SDR? And we actually teach, teach this before we even talk about, about products, right, and and that kind of thing. So it's things like the obvious one for me is curiosity, right? Um, you, you've got to demonstrate that you are genuinely interested in life and stuff and <laughs> how does that work? Why is that important? You know, which is, makes sense when you think about discovery, but it also makes you a better um sales student in my opinion as well like my my best students are running from the academy they're always the ones asking me questions right so curiosity is is arguably for me the number one attribute Uh, is it the number one yes but then goes back to the organization and time management right the best the best sdrs are you know so organizational skills time management if you're not good at it get good at it it's not an option frankly Um, so you know, but the fact is we have nice calendar apps that can make it happen these days. So <laughs> use technology to back yourselves up. Um like I think there's sort of the more kind of the more qualitative ones, like genuinely being like a helpful person, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of these prospects, you know, especially it depends whether you're outbounding or inbounding SDRing, but ultimately your job is to to help them, to guide them through. So coming across as helpful, you know is 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 super important and just generally being that helpful thing for me is you know i want to be nice people as well we're we're, we're consultative sales people i'm here to help it's it's just for me a great customer experience right um what else is really important without looking at my slides um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, th- I think it's that resilience as well i mean that's 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 something that we can all develop and and we should all continue to develop as well so i think I think that for me is, is probably up there that you just have to. I mean, like I say, if you're not being told to air off once or twice a week, then you're probably not doing your job right, you know. So you've <laughs> got to be able to kind of, uh, you know, d- develop that, that thick skin, especially right yeah. now. Um, yeah. That kind of leads into the hunger. You know, we don't want to, chances are you don't want to be an SDR all your life. You know, I get that. So you've got to be hungry enough to want to, to, to succeed. Into like the AE role, or maybe you want to go marketing. It's a great entry level role, I think, for any kind of commercial part of the a, a SaaS function. Yeah. But it's, it's, so it's having that hunger, but it's also having that kind of humility to say, actually, it's not about how do I get promoted, it's how do I master the role of an SDR. So mm. that I can be a successful AE, and having the patience to know that actually you've got to do two years of this stuff to really do that, whether you like it or not. So there's a lot of attributes in in, in all of that kind of stuff, and I think you could put them all in one kind of box for an SDR. The one thing that I wish I practiced more of back in the day was was like mindfulness and well being. Mm. And why why is that, mate? So. Um, sales is inherently stressful. Anyone that's been in the game longer than ten minutes will know that. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it is inherently stressful. And and frankly, there's life out life. There is life outside of sales. And I wish I knew that five, ten years ago, or whatever. Right? I I I'm I'm someone that that's probably quite energetic and stuff. And and I really took this stuff to heart. And and actually, I've learned over time there is life outside of sales, but it can very much creep into your day-to-day life and and frankly actually anyone outside of sales doesn't really care um, mm. so so you've got to what you've got to do is you've got to number one separate your your work life from from your home life but to do that to do that you you have to prioritize in my opinion you have to prioritize your well-being yeah because if you don't go and prioritize your well-being, you'll try and get on with your other life by like probably drinking for it, which is probably like a lot of salespeople guilty um, yeah. have yeah, done. Pandemic. And I think because of the lockdown thing, I've had to kind of really kind of reevaluate how I'm doing my my personal life, that that well-being, mindfulness, um, meditation, all of that kind of stuff is is key to your success. Like a, a whole breadth of personal life, you know what I mean, right? It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that you have to prioritize that, and I think that goes for anyone in any career, frankly. But mm. prioritizing your well-being, I fundamentally believe, will make you an excellent SDR and an excellent, all-round human being.
0: I I believe that I live it, I breathe it, um, and it's something that I say to a lot of students. So people that are that are listening in, like. Um, a mantra that I have even with my own team at Happy Selling is um, your health comes first, family comes second, uh, and then thirdly, that's when work comes in or anything to do with Happy Selling. And I do it with my own employees, you know. And I, I stress this to to SDR students like, look, to your point, Will, there is a life outside of sales. Sales is only a part of your life. It's something to do with, more, I would say, more than just a job. It's your career. It's kind of where you want to go. But in order to have longevity in that career... You got to look after yourself, you know. Yeah, burnout is real, guys. Trust me. Yeah, uh, to be open and transparent, I've burnt out twice in my life, and it's been whilst in sales companies. Mm -hmm. And uh, happy to say I've made it through dark times, and we're here and we're having this discussion today. But I, I, I see it happen a lot with people that I work with on a personal level or kind of like through happy selling. Um, and I was really grateful, like during lockdown, like you and me, we were both going through like some tough times as well. And yep. we were able to chat and just being able to speak to somebody. I think that that's important as well. Um, but if you don't find that in your work, then there's always professional people out there like speak to GP, speak to families, like don't sit in silence. And
1: I, I would, you know, I'm sure Neil's going to share my details. Anyone's having a tough time. You know, I know Neil is someone that you can message. I'm also one of those people. And, and I think anyone that says that, the chance is because they've beaten for it themselves and they know percent <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah.
0: We're, we're all human. We we all go through yeah. similar uh, journeys in life, and yeah. I think that's why, like with me and yourself, we we are very passionate about SDRs because it is, like you said, the entry level for some a lot of people that are starting out this career. Yeah, and it's not to, to give. It's it's, it's, <laughs> it's not. not it definitely easy. isn't. And oh. I think to give some guys um, some support. Which kind of brings me on to the next topic. It's something that we discussed during LinkedIn, and it was kind of something that got on my goat a little bit. Yeah. Um. And it's kind of in relation to like recruitment. Sure. With SDRs, uh, I understand. I've got a lot of friends. I've got a lot of SDRs that were recruiters, and I totally understand the space as well. But most recently on LinkedIn, like during lockdown, uh, with things going up and people looking to hire. I'm not going to mention any names per se, but I've seen a lot of recruiters where they're kind of pitching a service towards like VPs of sales, CMOs, like heads of businesses about how they will find the best talent. They'll take them through their process, their training, and they'll put them in to the best positions in companies and make those companies really profitable. And in essence, Will, I think kind of what I said to you is it kind of feels like they're treating SDRs as like a cattle market, you know, like a prize market where I couldn't really care less whether I'm pitching to like the business owner. I really want to get in with the SDRs and I care about them. Um, but I know that you have your own opinion on this yeah. and I would love you to kind of like get your take on it as well.
1: So so I think there's there's a couple of things that's that the SDR hiring model, the recruitment model is is frankly broken. There are a few companies that are doing these assessment days and um they that's when they say they train them and they will have what, 10, 15, 20 people that come onto these training days assessment days for those that can't see I'm doing air quotes um, <laughs> and there is no way as, as, as someone that has now trained a, quite a few SDRs now there is no way that you can get a fair assessment of of an SDR and their capabilities in, in one day. And now this is becoming especially true that now we're having to do this all via Zoom. I know a very, I know, I, I speak to candidates that have been through this process, and they've been through this process recently, and they are forced to go into this route, and then they're not allowed to talk to other recruiters, which is wrong. They are then told, they are then told that they need to perform on a Zoom call in front of 17 other SDRs. Could you imagine if that, what that's like? That'd be scary, dude. It's scary, but it's also nuts, and it's nuts for the hire. <laughs> you're gonna, you're, and the other thing is that you're gonna bring on the person that you're gonna bring onto your business is the SDR who shouts loudest. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not that's not what good SDRs do. Good SDRs are thoughtful, they're careful, they're considerate, as we've talked about. They do not shout loudest; they listen. That's wrong, right? So how are these people, and I know I've I've talked to people going through this, it's not a nice experience. And then on the back end, they're left with nothing. And right now, because of the situation they're in, it's really tough. And and I genuinely feel for, for them because they have to jump through these hoops in order to get that. It's It doesn't create a good experience and impression for SDRs looking to break into the industry. Not that they'll get a look at this point anyway because they haven't got one-two experience, which is another thing that winds me up. It doesn't provide a good experience for this, the the SaaS hiring company that is spending an inordinate amount of money. So it's typically around like what eight to ten K to place these guys? That's insane amount of money. And then they're saying, oh, we train them. And and then they're saying that, yeah, this is a good thing. You're not solving the challenges that VPs of sales are facing, which is SDR ramp up. You still got three months of ramp up. You're not training them on how to sell, right? You'll just You're just running them through, like you say, a a bit of a farm. And for me, for me, that's one of the reasons why I started Sass Leads and 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 it's to solve those two things. It's like number one, it's actually to give like for all intents, just for clarity, these guys are gonna come and work with me for three months. I wanna bring them on. I'm gonna train them up to sell. I'm going to train them up to use the best technology. I'm going to train I'm going to give them the skills and the confidence that they need that they can walk into an interview at a top-tier SaaS company and actually nail an interview. And I will not do a I will not do a group Zoom call. I will give the SDR the time of day to prove how good they are because mm. That's how they're going to perform in front of your clients, the prospects, clients, and they're going to get the feedback that they deserve and the support that they deserve to get them the job that they are perfectly adequate to do, and will be better than those that go through that process because they are trained. And it's about treating it's about treating them fairly and giving them the skills and, and the enablement that they need to be awesome. But it's also about treating the, the SaaS hiring companies fairly as well, and saying and giving them actual consultation that backed by data, that's backed by proof over a period of months to say, actually, these guys are going to be an awesome culture fit for your company and they're going to be the future sales leaders. So, yeah, that's what I'm about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I love the passion, man. And that, that, that's just the thing. Like when obviously sifting through LinkedIn and I'm seeing these type of posts, I'm just like, they're not cattle. They're not assets. They're not something to just provide ROI. They're humans. They're people. And I've seen it on the other flip side where SDRs have been through this kind of process and they have brought me in to kind of help out. And I've just asked them kind of like, what did you go through? What did you learn? And at the same time, I rate, I've rate. i seen some of these materials and I think, you know what, it's it's really good that you're giving these as fundamentals and table stakes to help out the SDRs. But it's that that love that you need to give these guys um, because for a company and a business, if you have a bad hire, uh, and after three months, they're not productive, and they're not really loving their job, or kind of understanding why the hell they've been hired to do that job. You could uh, lose them, and that could impact you by of like the equation of that comes out to like three people's worth of salary for every bad hire that you take on board. Definitely. you know. So,
1: it's a and obviously, I think thing, isn't it? You want to align yeah. culture with the values of the organisation, and if you've got a recruitment company that you're working for that isn't culturally aligned with your values, that's fundamentally a problem.
0: Yeah. So if, if we have any SDRs that are kind of going through that process, and again, we're not saying that this is for all recruiters. We're not saying that this is like, you know, uh, the thing that's kind of storming the market and like, oh, like, you know, it's not going to, well, what I'm trying to say is that we're not coming to judgment day with this right now. There are some good recruitment companies. There are some good recruiters that do a good process. There
1: are. And um, I work with some good recruiters, just to yeah, be fair. Yeah, like, I'm partnered with some great recruiters. Um exactly. But they're not the ones that run them for a farm, I tell them that much. <laughs> or a training day.
0: Yeah. And um, <laughs> but if if we're thinking for the SDR listeners out there, if they're kind of contemplating that that journey or they're currently in that process. What, what advice would you give to these guys like if they're going through those motions right now?
1: yeah I don't know it's very similar advice that um, that you also should to actually ask of your hiring company that you're working for it's making sure that it's like well what what am i actually going to get out of the process what and what's what are the sort of things that i I need to to sort of do to to make myself successful and, and and all of those kind of basics I guess but I think I think I would be very wary of a company any any firm that's telling you you, you can't deviate from that process and you must stick with them because they certainly don't have your best interests at heart. That, that's something that you should be very very wary of for sure. Um, I, think, I think it's almost like the same kind of questions you'd ask a hiring manager in the sense of how are you going to train me? How are you going to enable me to be excellent? And, and you should ask the same of any company that's saying, hey, we're going to do a training day. It's like, well, what am I going to get out of that training day that's going to make me excellent? right that's going to give me that competitive edge and i suspect you ask those kind of tough questions you probably won't get you yeah. know right, right the the answers that you need um the industry needs shaking up now i don't really have a, a... <laughs> i think that's that's how i'm dealing with it i was just like right wow, let's go shake the industry well, up <laughs>
0: well
1: you know i agree we'll dude. That and i think
0: <laughs> and i think like where you know you've gone through that SaaS journey of working at SaaS companies, you've had to learn to SDR, you've kind of seen where there's a gap, you've created your own company, you're still having to be an SDR for that company, you're enabling uh, new SDRs, you're helping them find jobs. That's how you disrupt the market. And I think for a lot of SDRs that are listening into this, the one advice that I always give is don't just see yourself as an SDR, but you could be the CEO of your own company. You define your success and your destiny By what you're learning today like years ago 10 years ago when a VP of sales said to me like why did you join this company I said because one day I want to be a CEO of my own company I don't know how I'm going to do that or how the hell I'm going to get there but I know it's going to happen and I said the only way I'm going to learn is if I start right here right now Um, so yeah to your point it's how much of a company is going to invest in you you know like for your personal development for your career these are questions I was always asking my manager like can I go into a management course can I go watch uh, Winning by Design? Could we get them in? Um, and then I think that's that. That's the thing. The power is not in the hands of the recruiters or the heads of companies. It's the young talent, which is the SDRs, that are on the front line, talking about why they want to change the world in the businesses that are in, and they have the power to change, like uh, like you and me. Well, we've been like in SDRs. We've worked for companies that have literally changed the competitive landscape and we've been a part in that. And I I think that's beautiful and that's why I love SDRs and like the, the world of SDRs. So yeah, we need to help them out and you and me, we are doing our thing in that course. And I think, yeah, we, this is a message out there to like, yeah, things are going to get shaken up. Things are going to get disrupted. So yeah,
1: the world's changing, changing whether we like it or not. I'm, I'm, obvious reasons, right? And 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 I, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I got given was actually by my dad. Um, and, and he said, look, your 20s, you know, when you just start your career, it's not about earning the money, right? Don't think about the money. Think about your proverbial rucksack of life, right? And that's what you wear on your back every day. And what you want to do is fill it with quality tools that are going to enable you to be awesome. And then in your 30s, Start making some money um i'm 33 so i better start doing that bit but um you know i I like the fact i get to help people i guess but it's um you know that 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 for me to this day still rings true you know focus on the skills that you can learn don't worry about the money right now focus on the skills and so the money comes right It, it does come You know, yeah. And there's more important things than money, like being happy. Yeah.
0: So I agree. I think if you're happy and you're able to learn those skills and execute it, then the money will be a byproduct of your success. It's not the reason for your success, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's some great words of advice from your dad, mate. So to kind of bring this, uh, this has been a great show and I think definitely we're going to be having you back on in the future because I'm, I'm really you. interested to know what's going on with uh, SaaS leads as well.
1: Yeah, you can come um, on one of mine as well, Neil, from guys. Yeah, dude, I'm, yeah. I'm,
0: I'm down, you know, I'm down for that. Yeah, But um, to kind of like thinking about the great journey that you've had for like over the last decade, if you were talking to a younger Will uh, who's just about to embark on his journey for SaaS and being an STO, what three key bits of advice would you love
1: to give him? Yeah. Uh, Go back to the well-being straight up. Honestly, it's before before you worry about your job. Focus on yourself and love yourself and, and your well-being. That's that's number one. Number two, um, try to do one to three things really, really well rather than try to do 10 things half Um, I think focus and just being excellent at one thing. Execute those basics exceptionally well. You, you, <laughs> you'll go far um and and then number three number three i would say keep have that fun that i had and have in life and and that's that's not it's not a like what would i do differently it's no what would i keep the same so i'm going to slightly change the question here mm. keep, keep my happy-go-lucky spirit that i seem to have that energy that seems to be infectious like um but like seriously like that for me, I've had so many people was like poop on me because of my attitude and that. And now I look back and it's like, yeah, man, I'm so glad I did that. You know, here oh, I am. I've got I've got a team of people that I, I adore um, that are helping me on this journey. And I don't think I'd be where I am today. So don't get too serious too quickly.
0: And they'll be asking you, like, Will, are you happy all the time? I I, I get asked, yeah, exactly. I say 90%
1: of the time I'm happy.
0: And there are days which I'm down. There are days where I'm pissed off, you know, and that's just been natural. But if I choose the path of happiness and positivity, that's a choice I want to make because the impact
1: it has. Even when it is down, I choose to, to make a positive step. And I think not necessarily choose to be happy, but I choose to make the right steps in the right direction, definitely. Choice is key. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Perfect. So, for the listeners out there, if they want to kind of get to know Will a bit better, kind of like what's the best way to get in contact with you? Are there any things that we should be keeping an eye on for sasleads.io?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, so, yeah, so follow follow me, uh, Will Coning. Um, we're going to start doing more stuff around um, on sasleads.io. So, follow us on, on LinkedIn mainly. I, I've actually deleted all my other social networks because of that social media thing that came out the other day on Netflix. So, LinkedIn is <laughs> the only place i'm at really for 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 that reason um and then yeah i think just two things really if you are an aspiring str like genuinely if you can come and work for us for three months we will get you an awesome job in a a top tier SaaS company that is happening right now which i'm delighted to say you will learn everything we need and then two from like a from like a a more of a like a a personal well-being perspective as i mentioned just dm me um, I'm, I can share small stories I love a chit chat so I'm, I'm always open for that and um, yeah that's I guess that's it really Neil. and yeah
0: Will I just wanted to say thank you so much for being a guest uh, really look forward to uh, having you back on as a future guest and really in- I'm going to be watching and I have been watching you from day dot mate uh, to kind of see how things progress and I wish you all the best of luck and most importantly happy selling happy
1: selling indeed cheers Neil
0: Disco call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests. So if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happy and we'd love to have you on board.